get through it. And this is People My Dog Would Like, where I get to speak with interesting people about their game-changing ideas, fresh initiatives and out-of-the-box movements with an eye on the future, a compassionate future at that. Today I have two guests on the show to talk all things blockchain. Katrina Donaghy is co-founder, sociologist, entrepreneur and public policy expert and regular keynote speaker in Australia on the topic of blockchain. She's worked in both the public, private and not-for-profit sectors with a specific focus on business development and has turned her attention to the opportunity the blockchain presents, particularly for women. Katrina is co-founder of Women in Blockchain and regularly speaks on the topic of why cities and governments should be exploring blockchain technologies. Her interest in blockchain tech is driven by her awareness of its potential for governments to create and facilitate new citizen-at-the-centre markets, organisations and economies of the future. My other guest is Akasha Kinoli, and she's chief editor of Miss Blockchain, a global tech news magazine that is for women to empower women in this male-dominated space of tech. She's also the CEO of Indream, a consultancy for tech startups. She believes what are known as altcoins, we'll get to the definition of that in a bit, are like computers just before the 1980s when people like the visionary Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak realised how to make them more human-centred and the age of personal computing skyrocketed. The true potential of blockchains and altcoins hasn't been realised by the average person just yet because the technological thresholds to entry for ownership and trade have been too complicated. She goes by the saying that life doesn't give you meaning, you give meaning to life. And she's too is all about exploring the opportunity the blockchain can uncover for women wherever they are in this world of ours. We're meeting here today at Melbourne Convention Centre where there's been a fintech festival currently taking place called Intersect, which Katrina has been a guest speaker. Uh, yesterday was a dedicated blockchain day and those wanting to come and willing to enter into the world of blockchain and stay one step ahead were encouraged to come. Expert speakers, panellists from a diversified background on what opportunities blockchain tech can bring in for your business has been a key part of the week. So good to have you both here on the show, ladies, and see you championing a platform for women to learn about the tech and what it can do for both of them and in shaping the way we do things for the future. Now, one of the key beliefs I hold is that whilst we feel we still live in a patriarchal system of design and governance, we still also live in a very female-driven economy. So I'm really keen to get your take on how you feel blockchain is a real opportunity for women to tip the scales and be in a stronger position to participate and enjoy the fruits of their wisdom, work and passions. So, how's the vibe here? Katrina? Oh, look, big intro, big intro. <laughs> that is a massive but intro. But amazing women. It is, and it's great to be in Melbourne. Um, it's freezing because I'm from Brisbane, so I'm not used to this insane 
It's supposed to be summer, but I don't know. Um, look, it's been a really great opportunity to come to Melbourne. It is a very innovative city, Melbourne, and we have found that through some of the work we've been doing with with government. Um, and it's great to see a fintech festival that has actually committed itself to a 50-50 representation of both men and women mm. and having a dedicated blockchain day yesterday, was, which was we don't really see at normal you know, technology conferences. Fintech, yeah. Yeah, because it's always put on the last agenda item yeah. on, of conferences. It's always the last thing that gets talked about. So whenever that happens, we always have to make it really quite interesting. So why is that, do you think? Um, I think it's like we've discovered it's still like that unknown, even though, and we must say happy birthday to Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that was on Bitcoin. Is Bit- it today or yesterday? No, it was the 31st of October. Okay. So nine years ago on the 31st of October, the white paper was, um, was released into the crypto uh, community and some will say it was out of fear because it was actually on Halloween day, Halloween. Oh, yeah, so oh, it was in the middle of the GFC, wow. so whether it was a fear to the banks or, you know, a treat mm-hmm. for um, people who are wishing to reorganise thinking and stuff like that. So we are talking nine years since the white paper came out into the world. And then a year later, Bitcoin was created, which has still been the most successful app that runs across the blockchain. Mm. So happy birthday, nine happy years birthday. on. Happy birthday to you. And we don't know, and we don't know, and it's really important to say, like, nobody really, nobody knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is, and the community don't really care, I think. Yeah. We're just beyond sort of wondering who this person is. It's a bit is. like trying to work out who Banksy is, isn't it? Oh, like, ba- oh I reckon that's Massive Attack guy. Yes, everyone you does too. Three. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they will find out who he is eventually. Or he, she, it, we don't know. Yeah, don't that's know. true. That's true. So it's so very t- exciting to be here. For those people out there listening, please, I know you must get bored with it, but please, please explain blockchain. What? Come on. Okay, all right. So I give it a really um, straight-up dis- discussion. It's basically a data structure or a layer that sits within a software stack that is about reorganising information using cryptographic peer-to-peer tools. Okay, can you explain that like I'm a five-year-old? Okay, so basically it means like, for example, um, right now in the way we work, in the way we live, our organisation, our organising of information and data is in silos. And very centralised. Very centralised, so that's why we have so many hacks. Yes, that's why it's too easy. It's too easy because you just do have to do a central point of attack, mm. and that data is vulnerable and it's taken and it's stolen, and that's why we have so much identity theft because everyone's identity is sitting in whole places, and all of you is there to be taken because we have to keep on over re-identifying ourselves. So with blockchain, it's a technology that's decentralized and distributed across computers around the world. Nobody owns it. Nobody governs it. It's actually run by a community of uh, developers and miners. So that's a bit alarming to think that you've got something so powerful and nobody owns it. And that's Mm. why it's embraced by the community because it has no ownership around a government or can be controlled. Mm. But what it does is that when a transaction's put through the blockchain, it's on what we call a ledger. So instead of data sitting in silos... If, on a computer? On a computer, in a server that's centralised. Mm-hmm. If if I want to do business with you and I want to do a transaction with you, then you've got to have your own ledger and I've got to have my own ledger. And then we spend, enough, we spend a lot of money with auditors to verify that that data is correct. And it's always done after the fact. Yeah, that's so true. So therefore, if I have a dispute with you, then I've got to take you to court. Mm. 
and it's ridiculous. So what this does is creates a shared ledger between you and me. I don't need to know you, you don't need to know me. But we gain consensus when a transaction happens. We go, yes, that's correct, that's correct, and it happens, and it's on a ledger. Mm. And it's date-stamped and time-stamped. So it's called immutable. And what that means is that for the And is it replicated as well? It's no, it's one piece one, one piece of information. One transaction that's that's put on one ledger that's shared amongst the computers around the world. Yes. Okay. So that's everyone what I mean gets, by duplicated. Yes. So it's shared. It's information shared. shared. So everyone has the same version of truth. Yes. That's why it's called trustless. So you don't need to trust that person, no, which you is don't. fabulous. No, you don't. But you can still transact with them. That's right. Through consensus. Huge. So that has a massive implication in the way information is generated, mm. how it's organised and how it's shared. Mm. So when we think about we live in a paper economy and every time you want to get something done, you've got to re-identify yourself over and over and over again. So this starts to question how you will have how transactions work, how information is generated. You yes. know, 50% of the population are often underrepresented, who mm. often don't share or participate in the value of the yeah. economies. So where do you feel that women will benefit from knowing more about blockchain? Because at the moment, let's be honest, it's dominated by men, isn't it? Well, a lot of the space has been dominated it's, by men. It's a very fintech focus. Like we all know that the banks have been working really hard around consortiums to look at how this technology can work. But in Australia... A lot of the startups have been founded by women or co-founded by women or actually have women involved in the executive team, which is very, very different to a standard sta startup. Yes. Startup, yeah. yeah, yeah so. so this is a whole new field of startup and technology and it's a place where women who really want to make a social impact, where they previously didn't have the tools to do so, they now can. So it's almost an open playing field, a fresh clean slate where women who want to be involved in shaping the future direction of the world can now get involved in blockchain startups and blockchain technology-based platforms and create new systems of value and interaction and relationship and connection and compassion because we now have this new technology unleashed which lets us do things completely differently without all the legacy systems that we've had in the past. Mm. That have often, I think, in some ways blocked them from being yes. able to yeah. participate. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yes. It's all financial based. Yeah. Yes. So we see in developing countries the idea that we've got 2.3 billion people that are unbanked. So the exist that means is that the existing banking systems don't go into those countries and mm. it's too dangerous to carry cash. You get mm. killed for cash. Yeah, that's right. But two-thirds of the world have mobile phones that are smartphones that mm -hmm. are connected that are connected to the internet. So therefore you've and got... And it's going up. Yes. And so therefore your smartphone is your bank. And through the, the yes. downloading of a digital wallet and the purchasing of cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ether, Litecoin, for the first time people who have been excluded from the normal from the economy can now participate mm. and start to reorganize into new economies. Yes. And that is the most powerful thing that for is. women. Yes, yeah, so I talk about women, but also, of course, in developing countries, there's entire communities. Yes, yes that are, are removed from the economic yeah, proposition that's right. because they just can't get access to banking systems or they don't have their identities. Mm -hmm. Verified, yeah. verified. That's right. Things like that. So, so they they can get authenticated. 
yeah. and they can start to transact. Yes. And this is a beautiful field that's just going to blossom in the next couple of years because there's a lot of people right now working on this around the world independently with NGOs and also in connection with governments to try and get the underrepresented economically in the world on par with everyone yeah. uh, in the first world nations through their, having their own local economies and currencies just yeah. accessing through their phone and through blockchain. Yep. Now, what I'm really interested in as well is some of the terminology can really put people off from getting their head around yeah. what things are, let's be honest. Yes. I mean, I've been reading into it for quite a while, but yeah. I know when I talk to people, they just shut us down. Yeah. They don't want to talk to me anymore. They make yeah. an excuse. They want to go to the toilet. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So what would be really useful, I think, would be to start just just give us a, little, a small description of what, uh, and you talked about it, brilliantly as well in the um, Sydney Morning Herald article, Akasha, yes. with, about altcoins. Can you give us a, some kind of understanding of what an altcoin is? Right. So we've had the fiat system, which is basically our trust, our faith in a government, which gives our currency meaning. And so we have all the different countries with their currency on the world stage sort of competing against each other. But ultimately, what we give value and meaning to is really a culturally uh, chosen thing but previously it was gold before that it was sticks and stones and mm. shells oh, big wheels. yeah so big wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we yeah. have this amazing opportunity now where people can value something and see value in that and then start to commercialize that and and that's what we start to call altcoins so alternate coins are basically alternate currencies cryptocurrencies which are an, uh, an alternate option to fiat uh, that you can tr transact together with and uh, create your own platforms uh, for uh, creating systems of remuneration. So we'll, in the next year or two, we're going to have a huge bursting of apps, uh, which is basically the gig economy apps, but rather than based on fiat and USD and AUD, they're all going to be based on different cryptocurrencies and, and even mixtures of them. So you can own your cryptocurrencies, which may go up and down, just like people bet on, you know, the USD versus the European. Um, so they'll be doing the same thing, but they'll be doing it in a sort of micro, uh, micro system. Is that that? Yeah, there's a whole thing going to be a new ecosystem of of coins around the world, and, and every nation has uh, these systems being set up, and uh, that's where we've got alternate coins coming from. Mm. And so, are they solving problems? The alternate coins, in your mind? It depends what's backing them. So we have. Uh, ICOs at the moment, which are initial coin offerings, where it's like a startup of old, rather than going and getting crowdfunding or going and getting venture capital, they instead going to the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're going. We're all shaking our heads, <laughs> listeners. We're all shaking our heads now. Yes, they're going to the cryptocurrency community, which is now uh, quite a prosperous community now that the bitcoins and everything have gone up in value. They're going to the cryptocurrency community to be supported with their new ideas about what difference they can make in society. So some of the altcoins might be Climate Coin, uh, WePower, we've got a Grenier, uh, 
a greenium one coming up, Earth Coins, and these are people who have social enterprise ideas about how to solve some of the mega problems of the globe that independent governments or corporations might not have been able to collaborate on to solve. But they see that if they can go out to the people and get donations from people from around the globe for their startup, which they see as providing a solution, their altcoin is then backed by the solution that they're providing. Uh, so I don't know whether they are the solution to the world's problems, but they're certainly providing a new perspective and a new way of doing things. And that will only increase over time as people start to feel more empowered and able to go out there and create their new kind of systems of interaction and currency. It has become a nightmare for regulators. So in China, they on the 4th of September, they shut the ICOs down. So yes. any um, blockchain startup that. that had actually raised uh, capital through there had to, had to give it all the money back. Mm. Uh, the cryptocurrencies were also shut down in China. Uh, South Korea has actually banned the ICO. But that's not to say that it's gone forever. What they're actually looking at is, you know, we're likely How to, to regulate s- them. Yes. So likely China will, China will release its own digital currency and have methods of still enabling this type of thing to, to come through, but they'll just have a little bit more regulatory around it. So the Australian Securities Investment Corp came out and did a direction on ICOs. Um, and when was that? Is that recently? Yeah, that was recently as well. And basically, it was around the same time, but see, Australia's, Australia takes a different point of view. Yes, it's guidance. It's at the, basically, at the end of the day, it's investor beware. Yes. You know, if buy you, beware. Yeah, yeah, buy beware. If you don't know what you're investing in, like don't, you, do, don't it. do it. You know, if you're going to f- want to find out about an ICO, mm. you know, do your due diligence. Find out, is this a cause that you want to back up, blah, blah, blah. But look, at the end of the day... When Kickstarter went, went crazy, what happened? Everyone just went, yeah, I'm going to go and support a crowdfund. Mm-hmm. And I, on the promise that if I donate $20, I'll get a T-shirt, yeah. and on the belief that a product is going to be delivered. Mm-hmm. And what has largely happened in that space? Products don't get delivered, mm-hmm. teams fall apart, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But with the ICOs, yes, I'm, I'm you know... We get asked every day, I want to do an ICO, and I'm like, who are you? Who are you? Why? But we do know that the ICOs are a different way and a very disruptive way to raise capital in and venture, and you don't give away your equity. Yes. So it's very attractive. It's a very attractive option because it means that you're not diluting your equity in a situation where you've got people coming into your space and telling you how to run your, your startup. Yes, yes, you can so keep true to your oh, sorry. You can keep true to your vision, which the old way of doing a startup is very hard to do. Once you accept someone on your board who's dilute. giving you the money, and you had this amazing vision to start with, you then have to follow their guidance, which means that maybe what had driven you to create the startup in the first place, you're no longer really doing that. Whereas these people creating their startups, they can stay true to their vision and they're getting supported by the crowd and they actually, whether or not they um, come tr- uh, fulfill their um, uh, their promise to the crowd depends on whether or not they are true to their vision. So they actually have an obligation to stay true to that vision. Yeah. Mm. But, it, I just, but I guess the caution here is ICOs are not, you know, ICOs are hard work. Yeah, it's really hard work. You yeah. know, you've got to actually have a really good team. Yes. You've got to have your white paper. You've got to have your community. Yes. You've got to have your legal advice. You've got to have your T's and C's. You've got to know your due diligence. You've got to have your um, your ICO actually audited to ensure that you yeah. are not prone to um, being hacked. Yes. All of this has to be on GitHub. Yeah. You have to be a blockchain-based startup. You've yeah. got to be open. You've got to be transparent. So it's not a case of where you wake up one morning and go, I've got no. an idea, I'm going to go do an ICO. Yes, that's right. 
it's really it is, and I guess we we'll see the ICOs will stay stay you know they're, they're here, but as a blockchain community, you wanted to keep it in high integrity around the around yeah the high integrity. But also, I think what will come out of this will be there'll be agencies look assisting. Yes, we and see now that with crowdfunding. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. They've already come out. There's probably at least ten of that. Do specifically that yeah. at the moment. Yeah, mm. so there are so people. Some of them are. Well, they're just, I mean, you start off with, like, I know where I come, you know, Brisbane, we've got legal teams that have actually coming out and providing one-stop shop services. Yeah. So, and we also now, like, if you are going to get a token, you do need to get it coded. <laughs> so yeah. it's not just a figment of your, you know, it's, so that's a cost. You've got to have a good coder to actually code your ERC20 mm. tokens. Mm. There's a lot of work. Mm. Yes. And it's a month, you know, it's a month-long activity. And when you do do your ICO and raise your capital, then you're responsible for the value of that token. Yes, you have so to actually. Uh, you have to physically that vision you, that you created. Yeah, in the you've first got place. to deliver on that value, yeah. um, mm. or else your value, or else your 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 liquidity is gone. So mm. potentially, you know, in the next five or so years, we might see a whole a lot of legal cases come up where people bought. Uh, coins on a promise of something that the company was going to do. The company never did it. And then the people say, well, look, I bought this coin based on what you said you were going to do. You never did it. Therefore, consumer protection, you know, you fulfilled but, your contract. But you we just, to me. yeah, but I guess, you, you know, know, crowdfunding, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what I, we'll just have to see what happens over the next uh, 12 months. Mm. So, listen, I mean, I'll, not that we digress because we're talking about startups and startups are a perfect place to be talking about potential use of blockchain mm. technology. Mm. But I go back to the opportunities for women yep. in this space. I mean, where uh, do you have any examples where you said before, yes, we've really seen women start to yes. go great guns in this and space? I, and I think, yeah, and I think the reason why we're starting to see uh, it's a much more different way of organising your, well, your companies is that you're actually looking at Problem solving. Problem solving. Yes. Yeah, we like to actually solve problems. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not just saying I want to do a first world. You know, you know when you do hackathons and everyone wants to get their food faster. So let's go develop an app about yeah. that. Who cares? Yeah, really, who cares? So this is about problem solving. How do we solve this problem? When it's like what we were talking about. It's like a whole new tool set to play with. So problems that we've been trying to solve for a really long time, mm -hmm. we haven't had the tech or the toolkit to actually solve that problem in a way that's massive effect. Mm -hmm. And also the ability to or do it the mindset, global. I think. Yeah, because you have... I think you, the mindset's been quite... We have now a global opportunity. You know, it's global. You know, so it's not just national borders anymore. It's global because of the way the technology moves and the way it's it's around, yeah, around the country. It's around all the world. So when you actually organise yourself around problems, then, then you get a whole... You have to have a very diverse set of people you just can't have technology driven approach because the tech yeah. is only what it is but it's about how do you actually go through that process of problem solving and how do you actually in a very yes. human way yeah and women are often very much in touch with what some of the problems in society are because we are so vulnerable to them often and, and mm. uh, yeah on, on, on the edge of society sometimes economically and and uh, in employment so we, we we feel them and so we can come into these situations and go right we have the tech here what can we actually do to improve the lives of everyday people, particularly women who might otherwise be who are disadvantaged? Potentially, yeah, yeah, disadvantaged or vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You so know. you don't need to. I think that the, the the apprehension for women who may be thinking about this technology is that you don't actually you don't actually have to know how to code it, but you do need to know why. You know, why is this why is this technology important? So, 
if you are going to take yourself on this journey, then, and this is what we say to people, you know, organisations when we go and talk to them about the technology, is that, you know, you really do need to go and educate yourself. Get mm. yourself out there. There's meetups all around Australia, all around the world. Yep. Get yourself engaged. Find your tribe. Go learn it. Learn, learn, learn. Don't even just look at it up on YouTube. I mean, you can yeah, certainly. Yeah, there's, there's I mean, a lot of. You can sit in your lounge room. You yeah. can sit in your bedroom and learn about yeah, it as yeah. well. And and one of the first, like one of the most authoritative voices on, on the tech is called uh, Coindesk. Yes. So Coindesk mm-hmm. is basically everyone's go-to go-to spot and then you can go out from there but coindesk because they have a lot they've got 101 blockchain they give you every idea about where where to go find information and personally i'm finding the community is really helpful and collaborative as well because it's all based on the philosophy of collaboration yeah and so the people attracted to it uh come from a perspective of you know how can i help you how can i we help each other and they build relationships and you Mm. start working together Mm. so we have a very strong i guess in the landscape of australia we do have the Australian Digital Commerce Association um, who do the advocacy to government. So they worked with the government to take the double GST off the Bitcoin, to do the bipartisan parliamentary friends of blockchain, also to assist uh, Australian organising delegations to Shanghai to New York. Um, today, Intersect, so we had the yeah. Treasurer Scott Morrison here today talking about uh, the, how fintech and blockchain and that sort of stuff is really quite important. We have a really, and we've got Standards Australia, who's looking at the standards of blockchain mm. on behalf of the world. Uh, so we've got, and we've got Blockchain Associ- mm-hmm. as Blockchain Australia. So we've got a great, healthy community. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's very well organised mm. and connected in. Uh, and we've got the ability to weave that through, um, obviously, our social platforms. Yes. Um, but I think... And also, yeah, our meetups. Our meetups are huge now. Like Ethereum in Sydney, they can only advertise three days before wow. their meetup because they just get booked out. Really? Yep. That's maybe the- get a different venue. <laughs> That's solving a problem, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that amazing? That's yeah. what because because <laughs> exactly, but you know, because we do it. We actually do these because we all because you have to get a free venue because you know because you, you you're doing this as a community volunteer. Yeah, like you're doing it as a volunteer. That's why you know you have your co-working like Stone and Chalk and, and yeah. Fish Burners yeah. and and. York Butter, you know, Factory, that actually provides the space for free for us to run the meetups. Yeah. So, yeah, it is becoming more and more popular and that's partly why I was really keen on doing the podcast because I thought, you know, I work in the space where I'm talking about interesting tech, you know, people in the game changer space, mm. interesting startups, but what I haven't been talking about is this and I just think, wow, it's so vast yes. that I think people, yeah, the shutters go down, Yeah. you know, people don't know what to yeah. do with it. So it's like, yeah, for, for a start, start just looking it up. Yeah, go, go get curious, go to your meetups. But I guess if you're a decision maker in, and this is what we talk about a lot, you know, and interesting enough, I was saying to ladies, I don't normally would quote our treasurer. He made an important point this morning when he did his keynote address to The Intersect. Um, the question was asked of, 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 of Scott Morrison, Minister for Treasurer Finance, um, by Simon Kant, who's the managing, he's the actual the CEO of, or the president of FinTech Australia, was um, why is it we're not really seeing a stronger uptake of the technology? Mm. And as Treasurer actually pointed out, he said, look, you guys are all about supply, like from a FinTech perspective, from mm. a startup perspective. You've got an ability to supply the technology, solutions, opportunities, but you also need a marketplace for buyers in the marketplace to actually take on mm-hmm. that technology. 
And that's absolutely true. That's where we're sitting at right now, mm. is that we've got the world going very awake. Yes. Been in Australia because we're okay with our legacy systems. You know, everything works. They're not too bad compared not to the, the world average. You exactly. Know? Yes, which is why I think there's a bit more apathy here. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Because we just get on with it. It's okay. Yeah. So we peaked in the early 2000s with our payment systems, and we seem to think that that's still okay. Whereas developing countries are leapfrogging over us because they never got to that point. They yeah. haven't peaked yet. So they've they, had bigger problems to, to solve. solve. So the idea of using this technology now is actually ingrained into their focus like china actually has blockchain in their priority as a government mm. you know it's a word in there can you imagine if blockchain our, it was in, in our, our in our policy yeah in as legislation or through if, you, through, if we went to the to the next federal government election on the promise on the premise of fintech blockchain mm. all that sort of stuff we had to lose the word innovation out of the the conversation because it got too scary you know do we hear the word innovation anymore no it's gone mm. so this is the challenge oh. for us as an australia is that we're so we're thinking it's all okay but we can't be okay or else mm. we will lose our ability to be competitive so if you have the ability to ask the question what does this technology mean because yes. as we all know every industry is disrupted not not one industry is immune from this yeah. from this technology. I mean, I know we're here at the fintech. This is a fintech mm. conference or festival or whatever yes. you want to call it. But and they say that that's going to be doubly disruptive in that space. Yes. But mm -hmm. I think it's across the board because it's solving problems. It's going to be disruptive. And what are organisations doing? Yes. Solving, solving problems. problems. Yes. But we all. But it's about. Businesses but it's about data. Problems. So we, all we hear about is big data, big data, big data. But how do we organise that data? How do we verify that data? Because if the data is not good, mm. you're going to be making bad decisions. Mm. So, but yeah, this is a challenge for us, and this is where our frustration point gets because people just go, ah, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll just kick some tyres. This is though just something that we're facing right now. I don't think six months or twelve months from now it'll really be oh, yeah. such a problem. We'll it's have like, to have a different conversation. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like social Promise media. Promise you'll come back and talk to me in six yeah. months. Social <laughs> media ten years ago, people. A business might have gone, oh, I don't need social media. But now it's just assumed you do. So it'll be the same with blockchain yeah. in, the, in the next year or so. It won't take long. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. But I guess for, for the ability for the community to develop and evolve, we actually need projects to ask the question. Um, so Projects are, that are solving big problems? Well, just the ability to get startups and people who actually understand mm -hmm. the technology to collaborate and work mm -hmm. with organisations that will be disrupted. So whatever industry it is, if you think that this is a technology you need to get your head around, then create a, a, a sandbox or something like that where you can put some issues in there to, to, to tinker around with. Because mm. the only way you're going to get a, a mature, because it's on the innovation curve, it's actually in the nascent early stage so the only way we're going to move the innovation through its curve is by actually understanding the applications and getting it robust and moving out of POCs tired of doing proof of concepts <laughs> yeah and MVPs oh yeah so tired so yeah. just come on please can we just do something testing 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 where's just China's, to the point where it, yeah China's got them moving into development what is happening in China you've obviously spent you've yeah. been traveling all year <laughs> haven't you yeah I mean, doing a bit of with travel. Civic Ledger or is yeah, speaking yeah, yeah. on blockchain? Yeah, yeah, with, with the company. But no, I think with China, it just, it was very overwhelming um, because it's like what we were talking about before. Yes. We think that we're just, you know, everything's fine, we're just getting, but when you're in a country where competitive, competitiveness and it's competitive, yeah. 
um, different. Yeah, it's a different vibe. It's interesting because I've, I mean, having watched a Jack Ma interview recently, I mean, in the last six months, I re- distinctly remember him saying that he thought that what Americans did poorly or Western business people did poorly. Did you watch the same interview? No, but I can imagine was what that was they were too competitive. They were too busy competing with each other yeah. and they took their eye off the most important person, which is the customer. Yes. yes. And so if you're yes. really solving problems, you got to work. You got to work with what your customer so, wants. Like, not what your competition's doing. Like, Cuz occasionally I've got WeChat. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got we got WeChat on our phone. You know, your banking is linked to WeChat. Yeah. So it's called So <coughs> Alibaba, everything is linked to your your phone. Yeah. So everything you do, everything in your phone, uh, everything, and it's convenient. It's tap tap. Like you, you could try and get a taxi to take cash. No way. You know they groan. Apart from if you're in Hong Kong, but they groan. Then if, everything is. I know because because they have to like because it's so digital. It's so that just the ability to. Um, you know, for the idea of you've got to break some, you got to break a note, crazy, just tap your phone. But Yeah, but so you've been blown away by what happened in China. Yeah. They just, your time in yeah, China, thinking they're just, they're just so much more advanced. And we've got a delegation here from China today, you know, for, 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 for Intersect. Yeah. And um, it's great to have them here because they're, they're putting us on notice. Yeah, well, listen, I hope that in some ways this podcast is putting people on notice because I'm really really keen to get this kind of conversation out to listeners to mm-hmm. understand that it's really important to be understanding blockchain, Absolutely. to be connecting with people in the community. Yes. If you've got any questions at all, I'm going to put both Katrina and Akasha's details in the show notes. And, you know, more than anything, I'm just wanting people to feel like they've got the, you know, they're interested enough to participate, you know, that they care enough, that I care enough about them to think I don't want them to miss out in this new economy and in this kind of new platform of engagement and how important it is. So thank you so much, ladies, for coming on the show. Thank you, Lizzie. And I hope you come back in six months' time so we can talk about how evolved everything has. Let's do it. Yeah, actually, yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's going to be a different conversation It will be different, I think so Maybe in March there's another... uh, Oh, yeah, we've got the APAC. We've got the APAC blockchain summit in Melbourne in March. Okay, well, that's that's a a good good example, actually, yeah, to come back in March. Okay. Yes. Fabulous. Okay. Lovely ladies, thank you. Thank you.